Good morning, everybody. It's going to be a good day. I'll tell you that right now. Here's how I know because I don't know. I just got a lot of energy. It's going to be a good day. Well, yeah, Jesus is good, obviously. So the song that we just sang, Walk and Wash Away, I Said Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, that was the first worship song that I ever heard. So, like, I didn't know who Jesus was. didn't know any of that stuff. And I walked in this church building when I was 20 years old, and they were saying, what can wash my sins away? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I was like, what the freak is wrong with these people? Why do they want to wash me in blood? I was like, this is getting real weird real quick. But I stayed, and I heard the gospel, and I accepted the Lord. But the idea that, man, you're going to get washed in blood, that's kind of weird, right? If you hear that and you've never heard of this God guy or this Jesus guy, you're like, okay. It's about to get real weird in here. You know what I mean? What do you mean you want to wash me in blood? Why do I have to be washed in blood? What is sin and what does that mean? So sometimes as Christians, we forget that the outside world has no idea about the blood of Jesus. And we assume that responsibility to tell them about Jesus. How cool is that? How cool is it that we can go to someone and be like, no, they're not going to take a bucket of blood and pour on you. Jesus actually died for you. But well, there's all these weird Christian words sometimes, like, I want to love on you. <laughs> Probably don't say that to me, and I would prefer you not say it to my children, because it's getting real weird. You know what I mean? Like, there's all these weird words that we say as Christians. I want to wash you in blood, or I want to love on you. Like, if you want to love on me, then we got a weird situation going on, and we need to have a conversation, preferably with my wife, probably. So, I was like, because this is kind of messed up. But as Christians, we get into that mindset. We just start saying these words. I'll be talking to Christians sometimes, and they'll be having conversations with me, and I'll be like, I'm a pastor. I've never heard that one. You know what I mean? One time I was in youth group, actually, and I guess like old school churches used to say, I see that hand. Like when you did invitation, you'd raise your hand and be like, I see that hand. I see that hand. And they were all laughing. I was like, why are you guys laughing? You know, because that's like an old school church thing. I was like, well, I've never heard about it. Or sometimes when in my last church, we had like 18 Christmas trees. And I was like, can we throw some of these Christmas trees away? And they're like, no. I was like, why? And they're like, because what if we need one? I was like, I think we're good. We can probably keep three and we'll be the most Christmassy church around. But like there's all these unspoken rules in church. Like you can't wear a hat in church. Where did that come from? Jose, what the freak, man? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I don't care. But like in church, like we used to get in trouble. Like Taylor was, I've taken Taylor to me with, with me to preach at some churches. And so people told me, you can't wear a hat in here. And I'm like, okay, why? And then, like, shoes. I don't wear shoes when I preach. And some people get kind of weird about that. Like, why are you wearing shoes? Well, this is holy ground to me, and I don't want to wear shoes because they make me heavy. I had a watch on a few minutes ago. I was like, man, this thing is too heavy. i got to take this thing off. Solid gold. No, I'm just kidding. It's just a regular watch. But I was like, this thing's heavy. But we have all these rules in church. And sometimes the rules that we get in church are we can't have emotions. That you have to trust so much that it's not okay to feel a certain way. Like you can't feel scared or you can't feel fear or you can't feel unhappiness because, well, the Lord's supposed to provide that for you. So you can't feel like that. Oh, what? We have emotions for a reason. And today we're going to kind of explore some of those emotions. For those of you who don't know, I have a degree in counseling, so I'm super cool. But no, I don't really know anything about it. I just did it. 
And uh, so I love emotions and I love kind of working through emotions and things with people. And I believe as a church, we forget about that part of Christianity sometimes, that emotions and feelings are good, that we can process through, through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus, and it's okay to feel how you feel. Like, I'm super scared of a lot of things. I'm not going to lie to you. Chucky's number one, like, on my list. Like, that dude. But I'm also, like, super scared of heights. Like, I'm not just talking about, like, I'm a little bit scared of heights. I'm talking about, like, if I go on a walking bridge, I'm like this. And Sarah's pulling me across the walking bridge. Because I'm like, there's a road down there. And people are like, you're not scared of heights. You're scared of death. No, I'm scared of being up high. I don't care about the death part. I'm scared about the up high part right now. And like I just seize up and I'm like, I can't do this. But have you guys ever been like, okay, I'm going to conquer my fear and I'm going to do it. And you're really confident about it. And you're like, I got this. This is going to work. I'm not scared. I'm going to do it. And you walk up to it and you're looking at it and you're about to do it. And then you're like, oh, maybe I am still scared because I just peed my pants a little. This happened to me a couple years ago. Have you guys ever been to Gatlinburg? Yeah, I'm assuming everybody, because it's like the vacation destination of the world. So we go to Gatlinburg. Well, we used to go to Gatlinburg every year, and then Sarah was like, Gatlinburg sucks. Let's quit going here every year. And I was like, okay. And so we quit going to Gatlinburg, but the last time we were in Gatlinburg, there's like a really high point. It's in like, it's like right near Cherokee, North Carolina, and it's this like big observation tower, and it's supposed to be like the highest point in Gatlinburg. So it's this huge trek up this like really steep hill type thing. It's like a mile up and you walk up it and then there's like an observation tower. And I was like, I'm going to go up the observation tower because I'm 28 years old and I should be able to go up on a hike and not pee my pants. So we roll up there and we got uh, my nephews with me and I think my uh, brother-in-law and sister and like we're about to do it and we start walking and I'm like, I got this, I'm a man, I can do it. So I start to walk up and then there's this part where you can go down and everybody's walking up and I'm like, see you guys later. (laughs) And I just walk straight, I don't even say anything to anybody. They don't even notice I'm gone for like three minutes. And then they're looking over the edge and they're like, and I'm like, I can't do it. I thought I could. And then I got to the point and I was like, no way. The fear was too much. The fear was somewhat crippling. I started to look up and I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to fall. But the height, the actual height is just too much for me. The fear, the anticipation is just too much for me. Maybe that's happened to you and you just had to have a conversation with somebody. And you're like, oh crap, I don't want to have this conversation. This is super scary. This is my boss and I broke three printers. And when I say broke, I just poured water on them. And you're like, okay, boss, man, I did this. It was a total accident. I was just filling up water balloons and I dropped all this water all over the printers. And in your head, you're like, you're having these conversations. You're like, yeah, this is what happened. You deal with it. And then you get to the conversation and you're like, so, this was a complete freak accident. There must have been like a water pipe burst or something because somehow the printers got drenched in water. I'm not saying it was me, it was probably Susan, because Susan sucks. So it was probably Susan. 
So, you know what I mean? Like, you, you have this image in your head and you're not scared. You're like, I'm not scared of this guy. This guy has no control over me. And then you get to the conversation. You're like, oh, whoa, this is a little scary. I don't know if I can handle this. This is like, whoa. Or you go to ask for your own vacation time and you're a little bit scared. Or you're going to quit a job and you're going through it in your head. And you're like, man, I'm going to quit. I'm going to walk in there. I'm going to take his picture of his family. I'm going to throw it on the ground. And I'll be like, you've been the worst boss that I've ever had in my entire life. I don't like you, and I don't like your family. And your dog, you better watch it, because I'm going to find him. Right? Like, you, get, you have this conversation in your head, and then you get to it, and like, sir, you've been the greatest boss I've ever had. Because the fear becomes too much, and you're like, man, I love your family. Your wife is beautiful. The 16 pounds of makeup she wears, it just makes her look great. Your dog, he's not annoying. Even though he's a chihuahua, I love him. <laughs> I don't want to strangle him. Like, he's a great dude. You know what I mean? Like, we get that fear, and then we back out a little bit. We're like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can handle this conversation. I think the fear might be a little bit too much for me. See, did you guys know that Jesus had fear? See, we forget, but Jesus was fully God. So he was God. He was the creator. He was the father. He was all these things. But we forget that Jesus was also fully human. So even in the midst of Jesus being God, he still got times where he was like, whoa, this is my humanness coming out and I'm really scared. Or he was like, whoa, I'm a human. I'm really tired. See, when we think about God, we don't think about tired. God don't get tired. See, but because Jesus was fully human at the same time as being fully God, we can have a conversation about that later because I know it's super confusing. But he was fully God and fully human. He went through the same emotions that we did. He experienced the same fear that we did. He experienced the same disappointment and the same sadness. When Lazarus died, it says Jesus wept. See, Jesus wept because everybody was so sad, so he experienced sadness. And there comes a point in Mark chapter 14. If you guys turn your Bibles there with me, we'll hit it up. Mark chapter 14. It's right after Matthew. Four letters. Mark chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 32. Hey, let's do something fun. Can we do something fun? Yes. You guys don't seem like you want to do Can we do something fun? Please. Okay. Stand with me in reverence for the reading of God's word. You guys are like, uh, this is not fun. This is fun for me. Man, you guys are not fun today. Okay, Mark chapter 14, starting verse 32. It says, They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if it was possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father. He said, Abba, Father. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. He said, Simon. Simon. Are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. He said he came back. He again found them sleeping. 
Because their eyes were heavy, they did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting enough? The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of the sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you are fully God, but yet fully human. Father God, that when we think of you, we know that you experienced the pain and the suffering and the fear that we experience in our own lives. Father, thank you for being good. Father, thank you for being Lord. Father, thank you for being perfect. Thank you for this day when we can come and we can make you known, Lord God. Work in our hearts in such a way. Get us hyped, Lord God, through your spirit for the days ahead, for the weeks ahead, and for the mission ahead. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, y'all can sit down. Wasn't that fun? Man, that was a good time. Ooh, it gets me pumped up for real, though. I love standing for the re- in reverence for the reading of God's Word, because this is just such a powerful book. So we've been in this series called Summer for Your Soul, Finding Lasting Refreshment. We've been talking about these things that we have inside of us called a soul. These immortal things inside of us, these images of God, these pieces of God, and how we only worry about our bodies, and we typically don't understand that our souls need refreshment, that our souls need food. Taylor talked about last week, what are you putting into your soul? Are you putting the word of God into your soul? Are you putting Jesus into your soul? Are you putting something else? See, our souls need fed. Our souls need rest. Rest for our souls is quiet, like we've talked about. Just sitting, letting the Lord speak to you. And in this week, we see Jesus in this garden. And we see that he says his soul is overwhelmed. His soul is overwhelmed. His soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. And in the book of Luke or John, one of those, we see the same story. But we see that Jesus was actually bleeding sweat. Sweating blood is how you say that. Jesus was actually sweating blood. See, Jesus was so distressed and Jesus was so worried about what was to come. See, Jesus was worried and Jesus was distressed because he knew he was about to be separated from the Father for a period of time so he could die on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sin. And we think, well, Jesus did that. And that's all we talk about. What we never talk about is Jesus knew the pain that would come. Jesus knew the cost. Jesus knew that it was going to destroy him, that his father would turn his face from him for a moment so that the sin could be laid upon Jesus. And Jesus was already experiencing that. And the Bible says that he was sweating blood. And I Googled that. I was like, you can sweat blood? I was like, that's freaking crazy. Like if I walked up in a park and there was just a mom sweating blood, I'd be like, okay. 911. Or I'd be like, Sarah, get my medical bag. We're going to take care of this. I do have a medical bag. No, I don't. But my dream is that someone would say, we need a doctor. And I'd be like, well, that's me. (laughs) Let's deliver this baby. Give me some ice, some water, and some blankets. We're going to make this happen. I don't even need a knife. I'm just going to bite the umbilical cord. We're just going to make it happen. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. How did I get off track? But anyways, back to this. So sweating blood. That's a real medical condition. Nick, you probably know about it because you're a genius. And it's called hermatidrosis. Hermatidrosis. Now, I'm going to put this back in my pocket because I'm going to use that again. And so hermatidrosis is this thing where you are so emotionally and physically overwhelmed that the glands or the capillaries is what they're called actually burst 
And out of your sweat glands are no longer coming just sweat, but also blood. Is that crazy? Like, you can be so overwhelmed. You can be so distressed that you can burst the capillaries in your face and bleed blood. So when we think about Jesus in the garden, we think, Jesus was kind of upset, right? No, Jesus was really upset. Jesus was really in fear. Jesus' fear was crippling to the point of all the capillaries in his face bursting and him experiencing hermitridrosis and bleeding blood. He says at this point, my spirit is overwhelmed to the point of death. He thought that he might die. He literally thought that he might die at that moment. And he goes to the Father. He says, Peter, James, stay here, pray. Peter, James, John, stay here and pray for me. Be with me. Pray. I'm going to go right over here and I'm going to pray. And he says to his Father, Father, please. Father, please, can you take this cup from my hand? When he says this cup, he's talking about the death on the cross. He says, Father, can you please take this from me? Can you please take this from me? He's begging God. And we don't see an answer from God. We don't see an answer from the Father. See, the reason that Jesus is experiencing this distress in such a way, he's fully human, but also he's experiencing this distress in such a way because God has taken his eyes off of him. Because the hour of the cross is coming in. Because the sin is about to be laid on Jesus. And in God's perfection, he can't look upon imperfection, so he can't look upon but what's about to happen to Jesus. See, that was the bad part about the cross, is that Jesus was on the cross alone. See, the Father was no longer in perfect union with him, because the Father had to take his eyes off so that the Son could be destroyed. So that sin could be laid upon him. So Jesus is in this garden and he knows that and he's praying, he's begging his father, can you please take this from my hand? And the father doesn't answer and he goes back to his community, his community who knows what's about to come and they have fallen asleep. So Jesus is alone and he says, can't you guys get up? Your spirit wants this, but your body is weak. And he says, stay awake and pray with me. And he goes and he prays again. He's like, guys, I need you right now. I need to feel like there's somebody with me. I need people praying with me. Can you stay awake? He says their eyes were just so heavy. He said, pray so you can avoid temptation. And they just fall asleep again. And then he says, get up. Here comes the betrayal. See, there's a lot of interesting things that's happening in the garden, though. Number one is that Jesus is processing his emotion. Jesus has fear. See, this tells us that it is okay to have emotions. If Jesus had emotions, guess what? You can have emotions. See, in our world, we live in a world where it's like taboo if a man cries. I cry literally every day. Like sometimes I'm watching ballet and I just start crying. And I'm like, why? Uh, Joanna's brother's in the Olympics and he was doing some cool flips and I looked at him on Facebook the other day and I started crying. I was like, man, this dude's awesome. And I just started crying. I was like, what the freak? What the heck? But it's because it's okay to have those emotions but the world tells us, you're a man, you cannot cry. You know what I mean? You're, you can't have this emotion. You're married and you have a family. You can't act like you're scared. You can't act like you're uncertain. You can't act like that. You gotta be strong for them. 
No, it's okay to have emotion. And then women are told, well, you can have every emotion you want. You can cry all you want, or you're jealous. That's why you're having all your emotions. You're just jealous of that girl, or you're just jealous of this. See, the world tells us all these lies. See, it's okay to have emotion. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be overwhelmed. It's okay to have sadness. It's okay. If someone gets the promotion that you wanted, it's okay to be sad for yourself. People are like, well, you shouldn't be doing this. You should go congratulate them. No, you should not go congratulate them right now. You feel like crap. Stay here and feel like crap. Process your emotion. Don't push it down. Have people ever told you, well, just push it down and put another one on top of it and keep rolling? You just got to keep that happy going, right? No. Pushing your emotions down, it's just pushing your emotions down and you only got so much room and eventually it's going to like burst. Have you ever seen a jack-in-the-box? It's going to be like, hey, remember me? That was funny. Okay, whatever. <laughs> jack-in-the-box is also scary. But, see, we can't just push our emotions down because the world tells us it's not okay to have emotions. We just can't just push our emotions down. We can't just push our feelings down and say, well, I shouldn't feel this way because I need to be there for this person or I need to do this for this person or I need to make sure I congratulate that person. But inside I feel like crap, so I'm going to put on my fake face and I'm going to go do my thing. No, that's not having emotions. That's regressing emotions and eventually those emotions are going to kick you in the face. See, because you have to process your emotions like Jesus processes emotions. He was scared. So what did he do? He got three of his best disciples. Like, these were the best. He was like, you other nine, you're okay, but I don't like you that much. You three, come with me. Let's pray. Be with me. Help me process my emotion. Pray with me. Be community to me. And let me pray. He sat there with his father. He expressed his emotion to his father. Even though his father had taken his eyes off him because that was the time that was to come so that we could be saved, he still shared with his father. He still shared with his father. See, it's okay to have emotions if you process them through the eyes of the father, if you process them through the lens of the father, if you process them with the father. See, but what we typically do with our emotions when we have them is we're like, man, I feel this way, I'm just going to drink and it's going to make me feel a lot better. Or you're like, man, I have this emotion and it's emotional detachment or something like that. I'm just going to watch pornography and that's going to make me all better. Or you have this emotion and you're like, man, I just need to take a pill that'll make me feel better. Or you have some, another emotion you're like, man, I'm really nervous. I just need to smoke. You know what I mean? I just need to have a cigarette. Or I just need to have a marijuana cigarette. That's a good name, right? Marijuana cigarette. I just need to go have a marijuana cigarette. It's hard to believe I was a drug dealer. I'm getting too white. That's the problem. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. So I'm going to go have a marijuana cigarette. I'm going to do whatever. And we start to use these things around us. Or you say, I'm going to go to a party. Or I'm going to do this. Or I'm going to go play video games. And we start to use these so that we can regress our emotions. So that we don't have to process what the Father is really telling us. So that we don't have to rely on the Father. So that we can just push them away. So that we can just forget about them for a small period of time. But the thing about emotions is they always come back. The thing about emotions is they always... I was going to say a joke, but I can't. The thing about emotions is that they always come back. They're always there. They're always in your face. Maybe you won't feel them for six months, right? Maybe you won't feel sadness for six months. You go to that person, you congratulate them, and you're like, oh, yeah, you're awesome. Like, I'm so glad you got it. There was nobody better in your mind you're thinking except for me. And you're like, that is great. And then you just kind of 
You're like, man, I'm just going to drink this away. And you drink it away. And then three months later, you're sitting in the office and you see her walk up and first pops in your head. Be like, man, I'm going to push her out the window. Right? Like, uh, don't be all high and mighty on me like you've never thought that. And like, I'm going to push her out the window. I'm just going to, I'm just going to walk up and pour wine on her feet or something. I don't know why you're drinking at the office. But anyways, so you walk, you're just thinking that. And that's that emotion popping back up. That emotion's right back in your face. That emotion's right back with you. And then you just get really sad. You're like, why am I sad? I just saw Susan. Like, why do I feel like this? Well, it's because you never processed your emotion. That emotion's going to come back for you. That emotion's not just going to leave. That emotion's not just going to be done with it. If you never process that thing, it's going to come back. It's like if you had a really bad dad, and you never spent a lot of time with your dad, and then you see a really good dad, like on This Is Us or something, and you just start to cry, and you're like, why am I crying? See, that's why I cry when I watch This Is Us, because I'm like, man, my dad sucked. I want a dad like this. And I start to watch all he's doing, and, I'm like, and I just start crying. I'm like, oh, why am I crying? Well, it's because my emotion never left, that I've never processed that I didn't have a good dad. It's going to come back for you. You know, it's going to come back for you. So you have to sit with the Father, and you have to process those emotions. Just like Jesus did. Wanting it to leave, but understanding, hey, this might be the path you have to take. Wanting it to go away, but understanding, well, I'm going to process it with the Father. I'm going to take time. I'm going to be in community, even though they're sleeping. And I'm going to pray, and I'm going to tell God what I really think. That I don't want to do this. That I don't want this to happen. That God just take it from me. Just take it from me. So I don't have to do it. And just being real with God. Then remembering, well, God, if you want this, there must be a perfect plan behind it. But I'm going to at least express to you how I feel. See, because a lot of the times all our prayers are, is, God, whatever you will be done. Lord, I know I lost my job and I know I ain't got no money, but I pray and I trust you and I don't have fear about this because I, I can do all things through the power of Christ who strengthen me. Now quit lying to God. Quit being like, God, yeah, I got this. It's all going to be good. Be like, God, I just lost my job. This really sucks. God, I don't understand what you're doing right now. I don't want to lose my job. I got a mortgage to pay. Or God, I'm about to start college. How am I supposed to pay for college? God, help me out. Come on. Like, show me what you're doing right here. Help me understand. Help me understand. You don't going to be like, God, you will be done. Like, I know you got a better job for me. All that stuff. Yeah. You can think about that after you've processed your emotion with the Father. I was sitting with somebody this week and they lost their job. Like, they came in after they had lost their job and met with me. And they were like, I just found a phone call, I lost my job. And he's like, I know God's gonna take care of it. And I was like, I do too, but you gotta be pretty upset right now. And he's like, Yeah, I am. I was like, Well, let's talk about that. And we talked about it. See, because our fake faces that we put on will never get you anywhere. The fake faces that we wear will never establish a relationship with somebody else in such a way that they know that we're real. See, we are not porcelain dolls. When we have an emotion, we should share it. When we have fear, we should share it. As Christians, we've been told not to share our emotions. But as long as we're processing with the Father, we can share our emotions and we can let people know that we don't got it all together. We can let people know that we have fear. We can let people know that we get scared. I'm scared right now. Sometimes I don't know how this church is going to survive, right? Like, we had people giving $900 a month to this church. It just stopped. Now I'm like, okay. I trust you, God, but this really sucks right now. What are we going to do? 
How are we going to figure this out? And then the father's like, hey, don't you worry. I got it. Because money doesn't keep my church going. What keeps my church going? The blood of Jesus Christ. Are you supplying the blood of Jesus Christ? No. So you don't got to worry about it. But I validate your feelings. I understand that you're scared. And you should be scared. Because you're not going it alone. Because the father's bigger than the circumstance. Sandy texted me a couple weeks ago. And I was like, hey, Ricky, guess what? And I was like, what? Did Curly get in, Curly in prison? Because I don't want to figure that out again. And uh, No, I'm just kidding. This is Curly, by the way. He's the man. And uh, so Sandy texted me. And she was like, guess what? I just went to the doctor, and the doctor said my cancer quit growing. What the freak? What the heck, right? Like, Sandy didn't expect that. We prayed for Sandy a few months ago. And the Lord answered our prayer. And Sandy was scared. Curly was scared. Corey was scared, right? Everybody was scared, but the father said, hey, look what I'm doing for you. The father said, hey, look what I got. The father said, be scared, process it with me, but look what I'm going to do. See, that's why we can be real with God. We can understand that God has real plans, but we still trust the father in whatever it is. See, Jesus trusted the father. Even though he knew the situation, he said, not my will be yours. And didn't by See, the problem that we get into is we're not real with God whatsoever. We need to be real with God, and when we're real with God, we've got to be real with us. And so we process it with God, and we work through the emotions, and we become emotionally healthy, and we work through the situation. But then we come to the scary part, and you're kind of like me, and you're like, you can go down the other side, but nobody's looking. No, Jesus went through with it. We need to go through with it. All of you right now have a situation that scares you that you've had to deal with or you're coming up to deal with. I know a person in this room right now who dealt with a really hard situation that was keeping her back from God this week. This week. It was a hard decision. It affected her entire life. And she said, well, Jesus is more important. And she changed her entire life. What the freak? She just didn't walk down the other side like I would have. She was like, hey, here's the deal. I'm really small, but I don't care. Because this person is small. And uh, she just was like, this is how it is. Like, how cool is that? See, you guys all have something that you're in fear of. Maybe it's going back to college for Joanna. Like, she's, she's probably pretty happy about it. But maybe, right? Or maybe like Jim's car. That freaking sucks. Like, every time. I'm, Jim calls me, she's like, I'm a car. I'm like, oh, my God, did you just get it back? Like, that's a scary situation, right? Dusty's got scary situations. He got moved. Like, Nick and Lauren have scary situations going on too. (laughs) 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 Nick and Lauren got engaged. (laughs) Praying for you, Nick. (laughs) We don't really care that much. But anyway, they just got engaged. That's a scary situation they got coming up on, right? They're about to plan a wedding. That's scary. They're going to confront that. Why not? Lauren's about to marry Nick. Nick is messed up. <laughs> That's scary. Like, Cassie, you about to start a new school, right? Yeah? Sorry, I called you out. And, like, she's about to start a new school. That's scary. Janet, you got something going on, I'm sure. I don't know what it is, but you got something going on. And Bobby's got everything. Look, Bobby's Bobby. <laughs> you try to live his life. <laughs> Go to the grocery store. You got to get energy for that every day. You're like, I'm Bobby. I don't know if I can do this. He's like, should I get up? Yeah, like, so just try being Bobby. So it's like we all got these fearful situations. Taylor's got one, like he's got 
got a deadline for school he's got to get through. He's probably got some other ones too that I'm not aware of. Like, he's got some stuff he's got to take care of. He's got some fearful situations he's got to take care of. Sarah Bruce must start sitting there again. She works in ministry. She has no money. That's scary. That is scary. God's got scary situations. Barry's is about to start school, which is technically a job that he don't get paid for. He's got to pay them to work. Like, that's a little scary. Michelle's probably a little scary. She probably put the crap. They're scary situations. Tyler's got scary situations. He's bald. <laughs> Think scary. about that. Everybody, you look in the mirror and you're like, oh. God, why? And he likes this idiot named Chance the Rapper. So it's just bad. So it's that hurt more than the ball count. So like there's all these scary situations that we're all about to come up on. How are you going to handle them? Are you going to walk down the other side? Are you going to face them front on? Now, facing them front on by yourself is a little bit more scary, right? Because you're like, I am all alone when I go up here. Well, let me tell you something. If you know the Father, you're good to go. If you know the Father, don't even worry about the words because He'll give them to you. But more than that, the Father has also given you community. Impact Drayton is a community. We love each other. We're about to have lunch with each other for free. So like we love each other. We want to be together. When you have a scary situation, what's the best way to process it with the Father and with your community? Isn't it weird that I know all the situations you guys are going through? Well, here's the deal why I do. Because I love you guys and I try to keep up with your life. You guys know situations that are going on in everybody else's life. Talk to them about it. Process those with them. Because that's what community is about. Not being alone. When you're scared, when you're in fear, when you don't have no other way to go, guess what? Jesus got you. When you're scared, when you're in fear, and you're like, man, i got to make this hard decision. I'm processing with Jesus, but I need someone to go with me. Well, you call me, and I'm going to roll up with you. You call Sarah Carruth or Jenna or Dusty. They're going to go with you because they love you. See, church is not about walking into a place and seeing 200 people you don't know. Church is not about being in a place and being with people who are just like old people. You're like, man, I know you kind of. I guess you babysat when you were three, but we don't really have a relationship. No, that's not what church is about. Church is about relationship. Church is about community. Church is about knowing what's going on. Being with people. It's not checking something off your list. It's being involved with Jesus and being involved with the people that Jesus has called you to. See, the Father loves you enough to have his capillaries burst within his face. That's how much Jesus loves you. Enough to be scared literally to death. His soul was so overwhelmed that he was scared to the point of death. And he said, he saw your faces in his mind. And he said, it's not my will, Father, but it's yours because I love these people. And you might be asking, how do I enter into that relationship? Just falling before the Father. Saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes. I've messed up. But I need you. See, a relationship with Jesus is not about attending church on Sundays. A relationship with Jesus is about coming into a community with him, a relationship with him, knowing him, seeking him, following him. 
And Jesus gives us a community to help us do that. How good is that? You don't have to do life alone. That the Father's always with you. That you can be real with the Father. That He desires you and He desires to know your situations. Man, that's great. Man, that's really good. See, all your stress should melt away at the fact that the Father's with you. He already knows your situation. Just confront the situation with the Father. Don't be scared. Fear. They say nothing, fear is nothing to fear but fear itself. No. It's probably this person. <laughs> it's not the fear you're scared of. It's the person. See, but Jesus loves that person. And so in confronting that person, it's not about them and it's not about who they are. It's about who Jesus is, who Jesus has created them to be and who Jesus has created you to be. See, you can do it. Your emotions are good. Process them in a way with the Father, and as you do that, your soul will feel refreshment. As you are continually processing your emotions, as you are continually talking to people about your emotions, the Father, God, will refresh your soul. And that will bring you lasting refreshment. See, the Father desires you. The Father loves you. The Father knows your situations. You're not alone. You're not alone. Maybe you feel like crap right now. Like Maybe you're just so and you have so much shame within you. And you feel like there's nowhere to turn and there's nobody who can love you. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus loves you. Maybe you need to hear that. Maybe you need to hear that there's something that can wash your sin away. Because the only problem with sin is when we just live in it. You don't have to live in it. You don't have to live in shame or guilt. You don't have to live thinking that you're inferior. You don't have to live thinking that nobody loves you. The Father loves you. The Father desires you. I love you. This community loves you. And we're here for you. And we're going to transform the community through the power of Jesus Christ. Because nothing will hold us back from telling people about the way that Jesus loves them. Because our relationships with him are greater than any struggle. Our relationship with him is greater than any emotion and greater than any feeling. Let's go to the Lord.